Welcome to the First Love Podcast from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title is The Cost of Discipleship. Stay tuned after the sermon and enjoy the chancel choir singing, We Are Called. Comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, beginning with the 25th verse. Let us listen about the cost of discipleship. Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. This is the word of the Lord. An eight-year-old boy had a younger sister with leukemia. Uh, at one point, he was told that without a transfusion, she would die. His parents explained his blood was likely compatible with hers and was hoping he could be the blood donor. So they tested his blood, and it was a match. Then they asked their son if he would give his sister a pint of his blood. It could be uh, her chance uh, of living. He told them that he would think about it overnight. The next day, he told his parents that he was willing to donate the blood. So they went to the hospital. He was on a gurney besides his, beside his six-year-old sister. Both were hooked up to IVs. And the boy lay on his gurney in silence while the blood dripped into his sister. The doctor came over to see how things were going. The boy opened his eyes. And seeing the doctor, he asked, how soon until I start to die? In our scripture reading today, uh, we're called to give it all up, our family, our possessions, even our life. While Jesus has a large crowd gathered, he sends a strong warning message, sharing a radical vision of the cost of discipleship. In fact, most preachers would be well advised to soften the words of Jesus we're not Puritans uh, from the 1630s who demanded children to recount a dramatic conversion experience, abstain from drinking as adults, uh, dancing, and more. Now, we've seen the problems of this kind of commitment. It can lead to legalism and, and shaming and authoritarianism. Now, this little boy thought he had to give up all his blood in order to save his sister. He was willing to sacrifice his own life so she could live. And it wasn't until after he decided to do this that he found out it would provide life for both of them. That's the cost of discipleship. The 
Pentecost Jesus demands of us. The other problem with Scripture is it's hard and impossible uh, to promote this Scripture. There's no easy way to spin this message, because uh, if we don't simplify it, this is how it might sound. Hey, You've got to come to my church. Uh, we've got donuts every week. Uh, we, the music is moving. Every year we have this great picnic. This year we've got the grotto bus. But just to be fully transparent, if you want to be a member, you've got to hate your family, sell all your possessions, carry a cross. But don't worry, it's totally worth it. I said there was free donuts, right? Somehow, in the 1970s, the Marines figured out how to sell this message. In six words, 18-year-olds were willing to give up family, possessions, even their life. It's one of the most clever slogans ever created. The few, the proud, the Marines. They don't just want anybody. They need the toughest, not just physically, but also mentally. They want people willing to take risks. If the Marines or any branch of the service can sell this, then certainly uh, Jesus and the church can too. Essentially, Jesus is saying he wants the few, the proud, Christ's disciples. Jesus wants followers who are willing to take risks, following regardless of where it will lead us. We've got to trust where Jesus leads us, for Jesus will take us to the right places, even if it's tough and it seems impossible, even if we have to risk everything, it's worth following Jesus. Now, I know you don't have to be here. You all have a zillion other options, and yet somehow you've made a choice to come here. You're not here in order for me to sugarcoat Christ's message. You want to hear the truth even if it's hard. These expectations Jesus sets for us, the cost of discipleship, are you willing to give it all up, your family, your possessions, your life, in order to follow where Jesus leads? I figured by now a few would have gotten up and left. Uh, you don't want to cause a scene, Right? Or you all just heard about the grotto bus, so you're not leaving. Now, if you stay, you're a little bit crazy. Because what kind of sane person would willingly sign up for this? You're willing to risk everything, to put everything on the line, because you trust Christ will lead you to those right places, even if you have to give up everything to do it. This week, I read an article in The Source by McKenna Flagler. You all know her. She's a senior at JHS, part of our youth group, daughter of Pat and Cheryl Kelly. McKenna gave me permission to share her story about volleyball, which is a big part of who she is. She's part of a club team, and as soon as school got out, three days a week, she drove to Springfield. She trained and conditioned. She put sweat, pain, even failure on the line for eight months. She says, it was one of the best decisions of my life. Now, the story she tells isn't one of victory, but of loss and failure, as her team uh, makes uh, when they went to the AAU Volleyball Nationals in Orlando. She says this, the, the first day of games, they play second out of a four-team pool, and unbeknownst to them at the time, the team 
we lost to would finish fourth overall. Second day, their hopes were dampened after losing the first game to a team that would end up placing first overall. After the hard loss, the team faced a team from Hawaii. And this team's defense was incredible. They never let the ball hit the floor. So at this point, their enthusiasm was at a low point. But a teammate pulled them together, giving them a pep talk. And they won the last game of the day, placing them in the sapphire bracket. On the third day, they lost all three games. And on the final day, they won the first game, allowing for another game later in the day, which ended up being their last game of the tournament. The first set, they lost 13 to 25. The second set, they came back with more passion. And while they lost 23 to 25, she says, every girl on the court was fighting until the end. They ended up ranking 252 out of 2,429 teams at the tournament. I wonder why a teenager would highlight her team's losses, their failures, while also saying at the beginning this was one of the best decisions she'd ever make. The easy stuff in life isn't always rewarding, is it? A teenager is willing to push and stretch and lose and even fail. And she tries out for the USA Team National Training Program, placing her on the A2 team in South Carolina. And now McKenna's hopes are set high for making the USA National Team. It is guaranteed that with these hopes will come more loss and failure. But that's to be expected. It doesn't matter. She's lost before. But she set her sight on something bigger. I know exactly why you're here. It's not for the donuts. You're committed to following Jesus. Even if it's hard and you have to give it all up. Because nothing else but Jesus can provide true peace, true hope, or true love. Not the world, not your family, not possessions. Now, giving it all up certainly might sound crazy in our world. But Jesus says it's the only way to live. So you're willing to risk everything, to lose, to fail. And guess what? Living like that, following and trusting Christ is thrilling. Because any other way of living isn't really living. Fully commit to Christ. Period. Let everything else go and you will live. If you've been on the fence about whether you should take that risk, today, commit yourself to Christ and risk everything. It will not be easy. You will fail. The few, the proud, Christ's disciples, for Christ will lead you to hope and peace and life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Let us affirm our faith by standing and saying a creed of the church together. We believe in one God, our creator. We owe him our total lives. We believe in Jesus Christ, our example. We owe him all our energy. We believe in the spirit, our comforter. We owe him total enthusiasm. We believe in the church, our community. It is not perfect, but we owe it nothing short of total involvement. We believe in the word, our Bible. It is a record of God's activity. We owe God our very lives to continue the story of salvation. Amen. Oh,
Thank you for listening to the First Love Podcast. For more information about the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, visit our webpage at www.firstpresjax.org. That's www.firstpresjax.org. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. Dot O-R-G. The church phone is 217-245-4189. Street address is 870 West College. Children and adult Sunday school services are every Sunday from 9 to 9.45 a.m. Sunday church service starts at 10 a.m. We invite you to visit us whenever you're in the neighborhood. 